The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I am fat and happy today, Dan. (laughs) Well, you're (laughs) definitely not fat. I can see you. So, Oh, boy, a lot going on, folks. Hey, before we get to the show, uh, listen, I get it last night. A lot of you were, I I read your emails. I received them yesterday. Uh, They made a smart move. I know I teased the Hannity show. I really insisted a lot of you watch it. Uh, Hannity's TV show on Fox last night. Mm. Um, But Fox made a smart, don't get, uh, don't get too upset about it. I, you know, I understand not everything goes as planned, but obviously the, the death of president George HW Bush uh, through some of the programming altered Mm -hmm. the programming cycle. Nothing went away. Um, Nothing went anywhere. It's still going to be covered. So don't worry too much. Again, I'm I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not privy to their producer meetings. I don't determine the content, but uh, don't worry. It was a lot of like conspiracy stuff on Twitter. Like <laughs> Everybody got silenced and Dan Vagino gets it. It wasn't my interview I was talking about, by the way. They're going to have another guest that's going to be very compelling. Um, but don't worry. It didn't go anywhere. I'll try to find out what happens next. If not, I'll cover it day later. So uh, my apologies. I do read your email, but again, uh, the news cycle. I guess being in this business show, you and I... Mm kind of understand that and yeah. i don't mean that in a, in a condescending no. way but joe and i when you're in this business you're like damn we need you on for this interview and next thing you know like i remember doing a neil cavuto hit one time and it was this great interview i was scheduled to do and then what happened they selected pope francis uh oh, remember and then the yeah. white smoke came out or whatever and i was in the car to go into fox and like hey interviews off so I'm, I'm again i'm sorry i guess being in the business i uh it's just this and you know that can happen all for for a guest that can happen when you're all all the way up until the time you're still in the green room exactly it's happened in the radio station yep. where joe's like hey sorry breaking news you got to go home but uh yep. i think it was a good decision and the reason i say that is what we talked about yesterday was very real the the listenership on yesterday's show was incredible there is an epic fight going on right now mm. between the good guys and the bad guys what we described yesterday is very real and i'm absolutely convinced that sean's team wanted to give that interview um and what they had the appropriate time and given the the prominence of obviously the the story of the death of georgia hw bush they would not have had the proper time i don't think it would it's not a conspiracy folks i just don't want anybody to get too upset okay um i got a lot to get to today on this a couple other great stories as well and I want to sum up and tie up some loose ends. All right, today's show brought to you by Blinds.com. Hey, window treatments. It's one of those soulless adulting terms. Something necessary but boring. Your blinds. You don't even think about them unless you move or they break. But when they're right, everything in your home looks better. When they're wrong, everything in your home looks cheap. Let's be honest, though. Taking the time to pick out and buy blinds sounds expensive, kind of boring. And installing them yourself sounds harder than any self-respecting adult wants to admit. I even put these in. I put these in with my wife in my daughter's bathroom. And I, Joe knows, I am not very uh, handy. That says with something, a, man. With a, yes, there I know. And Joe, that, Joe is complimenting me by being nice. She's being generous. Blinds.com makes it easy for you. Not sure what you want? Get a free online design consultation. Just send them pictures of your house. They'll send back custom recommendations from a professional. What works with your house? They'll even send you free samples to make sure everything looks as good in person as it does online. The best part, if you screw up, if you screw up, Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. They made it easy for you. There is no excuse for leaving up those mangled blinds. This stuff is so easy to use. And for a limited time, get up to 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use promo code DAN. That's Blinds.com, promo code DAN for up to 20% off everything. Forward blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, and more. Blinds.com, promo code DAN. Rules and restrictions apply. Go check them out. We love them. Okay. Um, 
to give you an opposing opinion on my show yesterday, which uh, where I covered the what I believe to be the Horowitz versus the Mueller team, the good guy versus the bad guy fight. My the the lead, the headline in my show yesterday, which did bonkers numbers, thanks to you, uh, was a very simple one. It's that the good guys are in a race against the bad guys to accumulate as much information about the corruption the other side's involved in or the perceived corruption. In other words, the good guys, who I believe to be Michael Horowitz, the inspector general right now, who is investigating the Clinton uh, email scandal, the Uranium One caper, um, a lot of the malfeasance involved in the Crossfire Hurricane case into Trump. I believe they are in a race, in a race right now, especially in the court of a public opinion, to get this out ahead of time, while Mueller and his team of Democrat bandits stealing the truth are in a race to get as many Trump people locked up for process crimes as possible to give the, use the media to give the public the perception that there's very real Trump team collusion and corruption going on. Mm. Uh, does that make sense? It's really important. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is exact. That's the, it is a race against time yeah. to expose the, the, the hackery and the FBI and DOJ that went after Donald Trump and gave Hillary Clinton a pass. It is a race against time. To get that information out before the Mueller probe keeps going after more people on the Trump team for mattress tag removal, jaywalking, all kinds of process garbage. Now, uh, the conservative treehouse guys, I put there, they had a little, uh, it was a nice piece. And I, I always, I, I mean it, I always appreciate a spirited back and forth with, with people who do good work. I don't. I just want to say that to anyone out there who posts my stuff, don't feel any need. I'll post your stuff if, if you guys have a great point on my own website. Mm. So they had a little bit of a rebuttal. It was a nice piece. They said Dan's show was great, but, and they had some points in there which are important, and I want you to read it. It's up at my show notes today at Bongino.com, and if you remember my email list. So check it out. It's like the, I don't know, the first story or second story down. But the, their theory is this, and it's it, it's not a theory. They're actually, they're correct on this. I just want to explain my take on it. They're saying, yes, this may be a battle of Horowitz and his crew of good guys versus the bad guys. You know, the good guys exposing this, this Spygate scandal and the bad guys trying to expose Trump team members for mattress tag rip, ripping off <laughs> mattress tag ripper offers. Right. <laughs> yeah. But they make a good point, which is worth mentioning, which I, I brought up before, but I should have yesterday because they're accurate. They said, listen, the one flaw in this argument is that Horowitz has no, he's not a prosecutor, Joe. He's an investigator. Now, in order for you to understand how the federal government works, this is critical without going into a big, long, elaborate explanation. When I was a federal agent, ladies and gentlemen, you are an investigator. You are not a prosecutor. You have no legal authority whatsoever to bring charges against anyone. Nor do I, as a federal agent, have classification authority. In other words, I can't make something classified or unclassified. I can suggest things, but I certainly can't classify them. There are classic classification authorities and entities that do that. So the point the Treehouse guys are making is that, yeah, if the Horowitz guys are, are, are the good guys and are in a race right now to get this information out, they're limited because Michael Horowitz, the inspector general, has no ability to charge anyone. It has to be done through a prosecutorial entity, the Department of Justice attorney. And secondly, if they just choose to redact all of this information, in other words, say Horowitz puts out a report, Joe. Hillary Clinton, Uranium One, this is they're all guilty. They're going down that the government could just come in 
these DOJ hacks on the inside at the upper level who are still probably deeply ensconced in this scandal, mm-hmm. and they could just redact everything and put big uh, black marks over the whole thing, and you won't see a damn thing. So they bring up two valid points, and that's why I put the piece in there for you to read that I, I should have brought up yesterday, shame on me, is that Horowitz needs Huber to do this. Huber is the United States attorney assigned by Sessions before he left to look into this stuff. If Huber does not impanel a grand jury, uh, John Huber, the United States attorney, again, assigned to look at this stuff. If he doesn't impanel a grand jury or bring charges, indictments, um, informations, criminal complaints, these are three three ways to charge people, then yes, nothing is going to happen. Now, they also bring up in the piece, and they're correct, that It depends right now, Joe, fully. This is the linchpin to this whole thing. Again, this race. Expose the bad guys before Mueller takes down the Trump team by just, again, mass locking up and prosecuting people for process crimes, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with the whole thing, the limiting factor is going to be the United States attorney, the ability to bring charges and and the ability for us to see this information. That is the linchpin to the entire thing. We need that to happen. And if they don't do it, Horowitz is going to be very limited in his ability to do so. But that's why the appointment of Huber was so important. They need a a United States attorney to do this. You can get people into the system and have them locked up three ways. You can indict them. You can produce an information they plead to. Or you can produce a criminal complaint, which drafts up an arrest warrant. We want to see people prosecuted. And they're right when they say that, that we are going to need that. We're going to need that United States attorney to come in there, Huber, and start drafting up documents. But, folks, what I want to discuss quickly here is what are they hiding? Because this is important before I get to some of the some other important news stories today, including a effort to re- reframe. Oh, gosh, of all things, Joe, you know, I hate this debate because it's so stupid, but an effort to reframe the Reagan tax cuts as a failure. No. Now that George H.W. Bush died, all these liberals out there, so embarrassing. But getting back to this, what are they trying to hide? I summed it up in that viral YouTube speech. It's now up to like 1.3 or 1.4 million views where I spoke at the breakers down in Palm Beach. And I summed up the scandal. But some of you may have missed this. I'm not sure you understand the extent to which they're what they're trying to hide. Folks, this was an operation clearly from the start. Here's the lead. Here's the headline for the Obama administration to use their government power and their government agencies as basically political opposition research outlets outlets. Folks, this is like third world, you know, I mean, tyrannical police state, Cuban, North Korean nonsense. Think about what I'm telling you that what they're what the Horowitz team is I I believe about to uncover, and I believe that's what Sean was teasing on Friday and what should have happened last night, but will probably happen this week after the the funeral for George H.W., which again is a smart move. I'm not trying to, listen, I I, I love Fox. I worked, I've been there a long time. I've done a lot of, I don't work there. Well, we'll see. (laughs) uh, (laughs) We'll leave those details for the future. But I'm I'm not just jumping to anybody's defense. I'm telling you it was a smart move. This is a critical story. This all getting out needs its time. Yeah. You don't want it to get washed over like everything else with, with important news about a, a, a president that passed. It's listen, whether you agree with them or not, it's a, it's a big moment that why would we do that now? I, I agree with the move. What they're covering up is critical. It is an Obama, basically tyrannical police state operation to use the government 
to provide political information against their opponent. I laid it out as plan A, plan B, and plan C, with Mueller being plan C, the the mop-up operation. But you have to understand quickly, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but you have to understand what, in fact, Horowitz is looking at. I explained to you yesterday how the Uranium One scandal and this international money laundering scheme, which Jeff Carlson exposed in his Epic Times uh, piece, that Huber may be looking at a scandal bigger than any than you and I even know. This may not just be about the Uranium One thing I laid out yesterday, where conveniently all the players are involved right now in the investigation of Trump. This may be bigger than that. This may be about an international effort to launder money and pay off politicians in the United States and elsewhere to succumb to Russian interests in the nuclear fuel industry and the nuclear weapon industry. This is a big deal. Now, the effort for them to... Does that explain why they would need to spy on the Trump team? I, I, sometimes I wonder if I'm, I'm getting through. I think I am based on the emails yesterday, yeah. which I'm very happy about. Oh, you're doing good. You're all right. Yeah. yeah. But understand the Obama team could not use standard political opposition research. In other words, I ran for office. You pay a guy or a woman or whoever, or a company, and what they do is they go out and they don't have government tools behind them. If I pay Joe when I'm running for Congress to garner, excuse me, gather information um, about my opponent, mm-hmm. Joey Bag of Donuts, mm-hmm. Joe doesn't have a couple things. He doesn't have subpoena power. He doesn't have access to government databases and he doesn't have an unlimited budget. What Joe basically does, and forgive me for the oppo researchers out there if I'm not precisely describing your industry, but in the interest of time, they go over the internet, public records, filings, and they look for stuff. You know, did Joey Bag of Donuts have a bad divorce? Is that public? Can we get the records? This is what the Obama team did to Jack Ryan in that Senate race when Obama run the, won the Senate race in Illinois. They got the divorce records, even though they weren't, some of them weren't public. But opposition research firms that are private political firms, ladies and gentlemen, cannot possibly compete with the massive budgets and subpoena power of the FBI and the CIA. Oh. Watched American Made this weekend on with Tom Cruise. He's the CIA. I work for the CIA. <laughs> you can't compete with that. How are you going to compete with that? They've got sources all over the world, unlimited budgets. When they're operating outside of the United States against non-U.S. citizens, they can basically do whatever they want within the you know within certain constraints to gather all the information they need. That's the scandal. The Obama administration was clearly right now major players involved in a heavy influence operation by external foreign adversaries, the Russians, to influence our policy. So what do they do? They conveniently develop an alternative narrative to to hide their Russian influence operation in the United States with Uranium One and the Iran deal, saying what? Oh, the Republicans colluded with the Russians to win, and they did it through this weaponizing the government to develop this fake Aesop's fable about Russian collusion. How did they do it, folks? They got desperate. They got desperate. I believe the Obama team from the start, these people genuinely thought, Joe, Mm -hmm. that Trump, given his extensive international portfolio and business, Mm -hmm. I really believe this, folks. I think they thought by their original plan, which was to use unmaskings and what I believe were about queries in in uh, in the metadata system, the NSA metadata system. 
that they were using basically government databases accumulated by the NSA. And they were using unmaskings, basically reverse targeting wiretaps to listen in and probe the Trump team. It is no more difficult than that. Keep in mind, the Obama team understands if they lose this election, it'll be devastating because key players are involved in a massive Russian influence peddling operation in the United States, focusing around the Iran deal, Uranium One, foreign banks and moving money around. The existence of this scandal is is not controversial. I mean, it's, excuse me, it's not conspiratorial. The existence of the Uranium One scandal is real. How you interpret that is up to you. But what I told you yesterday are facts about the case. They're trying to hide this. So I believe their initial plan, what I call plan A in that video, and I jokingly call it plan A because I don't believe they, it wasn't called plan A, obviously. And I don't believe they even thought it was the precursor to another. I think they thought this was going to wrap it up for them. Let's listen in on the Trump team, Joe. And then let's tap into their emails and texts. Surely they thought Trump was so corrupt so morally inept and ethically uh, living in an ethical vacuum, Joe, that all they had to do was listen to his phone calls and his team's phone calls for a little while. And they were going to get so much damaging information that they could just, uh, you know, basically lock this guy up, put him in handcuffs and they'd be done with him forever. We don't have a strategy. They didn't. They thought they did. But what happened? What happened is plan A fell apart, folks. I made bad choices. They made horrible choices. It fell apart, plan A, because there was no corruption or collusion with the they didn't with the Russians. They didn't have anything. So they needed to fabricate it. But it fell apart for a reason. And this is where it gets, and there's a little bit of controversy about this. And I understand because as I admit often, there's a little bit of speculation based on an accumulation of evidence here. And I have this in my, in my book, Spygate, if you want to see how we came to the case and the conclusion. Ladies and gentlemen, cases are built all the time on circumstantial evidence. Yep. Very rarely in a crime do you get a confession. But the circumstantial evidence that plan A failed because certain people sounded the alarm is clear as day. So again, just to be clear, plan A, the the Obama administration thinks, all right, we'll just use the government to listen in on the Trump team. We'll get enough negative information because surely these idiots are so corrupt that we'll use it. We'll we'll leak it to the press. It'll be so damaging. Trump won't get elected. And all of our schemes, Uranium One and this other stuff will go away. It doesn't work because they don't have anything. All of this listening in gives them nothing. Also, they get exposed. That's another part of it. They get exposed what I believe to be by Mike Rogers, who was the NSA director. I base that on some very, very simple, publicly available documents right now. It's clear as day that Mike Rogers requests an audit of the NSA database and the queries into it. That's that's not. Folks, that's not a conspiracy theory that happened. Mike Rogers requested a compliance audit. Basically, who's looking at the database and why? I can't say it any simpler. The results of that audit, which are publicly available in the form of a foreign intelligence surveillance court document, you can read yourself. If you read pages 80, 81, and 82, the results are horrifying. The results are clear as day that U.S. citizens were targeted in these searches. Now, again, to be clear and give you accurate data and information, It does not say that every single search into the NSA database on a U.S. citizen, Joe, 
was done with malicious intent, I guess is the best way to say it. It says that some of them were human error, Mm -hmm. but it makes it very clear that not all of them were human error. In other words, there were clearly taps into the NSA database. I don't want to say taps, searches, queries, uses of the NSA database to target U.S. citizens that were intentional. That's in the report. It's Rogers. Rogers is the one who calls attention to this. Folks, are you trying to make the case to me somehow that the NSA, um, the NSA director, Mike Rogers, doesn't know what's going on here, that it's his database being tapped? Of course he's being briefed on what happens. I, and when I say he's a white hat and a good guy, I don't mean it in like a Joan of Arc way. I mean it in that he clearly detects something's wrong. He clearly detects that the Obama administration and people in it are using his database for something other than intended. That's in the paperwork. He goes up to Trump Tower. He has this meeting. What happens after the meeting? The Obama administration erupts. They want him fired. They want him out. What was said in the meeting is still an open question. I think time will tell. But it's clear as day, something is said there. Trump tweets months later, I just found out, or, or excuse me, in March, what is he, he tweets, I found out Trump Tower was wiretapped. It wasn't, why, again, I always said he's, he worded that wrong. We don't use alligator clips or anything anymore to do that. But he wasn't making it up whole, in, out of whole cloth. It's clear to me that Rogers knows something. Also, remember, the intelligence community assessment that said that there was a high likelihood that the Russians uh, you know, were trying to influence the election to benefit Trump. Mike Rogers doesn't want to sign on to that, Joe. Because I'm telling you, Rogers knows the story. Rogers knows the Obama administration is weaponizing government to politically spy on the Trump team, using it to leak to the media, desperately hoping they win the election to hide this massive scandal sitting under everybody's nose. Uranium One, influence operations, international money laundering, and the Russian efforts to influence the Obama team. Why do you think the influence peddling operation against Hillary Clinton I discussed yesterday in the Uranium One scandal, where Joe, an informant, is on the record, on the record, Mm -hmm. saying that the Russians were desperately trying to influence Bill and Hillary Clinton while she was Secretary of State through the use of companies that were providing in-kind support to the Clinton Foundation. Why do you think that was left out of the... uh, the, uh, the Rosatom case, the Uranium One precursor case, Rod Rosenstein was in charge of, Rosenstein. Why do you think that was left out? Because they were desperately trying to make this go away, the Obama team. And they knew if Trump got elected, or any Republican for that matter, they would be exposed. Not only be exposed for this influence peddling scheme by the Russians to try and influence the sale of uranium, Not only would that be exposed at the Obama administration, people were complicit in this, but what else would be exposed, Joe, if Trump won? The operation against Trump. They knew they couldn't control Rogers. Why do you think they were so desperate to get Rogers out? The calls for the firing of Mike Rogers happen almost immediately after he meets with Trump. Why do you think that you think that's a folks? Do you seriously with a straight face think that was just by chance? 
So now we have Rogers, who makes an unexpected visit to Trump Tower to brief him. The Obama administration immediately wants him fired. He's the one who asks for an inquiry into the use of the NSA database inappropriately, and he refuses to sign on fully to, to say he has complete confidence in a report that the Russians were trying to help Trump. Don't I mean, do you not see the writing on the wall? I'm speaking out to some people out there, and they know who they are. They're nice people. Again, I'm not... I'm not trying to attack anyone. We don't need any intra-Republican party violence here. We should all speak, uh, you know, at least on issues like this, with some kind of collective ability to get, you know, to get the real story out there. Mm -hmm. But there are people who still doubt this. They doubt that Rogers was somehow a good guy in this. I would be stunned if when history tells the true tale that Mike Rogers doesn't come out and finally admit that he had a role in letting these people know what was going on. Now, the unmaskings, now, whereas the use of the NSA database gets exposed, Joe, the unmaskings don't get exposed to the end. I don't, people are forgetting the history of this. Mm-hmm. Who, I forget who broke the story. Um, oh gosh, forget, I don't remember who broke it, but somebody was on top of this early. Um, and, and, and there was a big controversy right as Trump was elected, Joe, about these unmaskings. Do you remember? The Obama administration, the story was that the Obama administration, everybody was a conspiracy theorist too, by the way. Unmaskings, they weren't unmasking Trump officials. No, they were. We now know that. Unmaskings, meaning they were listening in on phone calls, pretending they were listening to foreigners while really unhiding the identities of the U.S. citizens they were calling. Many suspect that, and and there were record numbers of this happening. The Obama administration is like, no, no, we're going to listen in on that foreign phone call. Yeah, but they're talking to a U.S. citizen. That's all right. Just sign off. Unmask the identity of them. They can essentially listen to your calls. Now, while legal, if it's not being done to target foreigners, which I have no problem with at all, Joe, if our intel agencies want to spy on foreigners in the interest of the United States who are not U.S. citizens on foreign soil, fine. Knock yourselves out. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. Everybody does it. That's not what happened here. That's not what the Obama team did. Their plan A was clear as day. Tap the NSA database and listen in on their phone calls while pretending we're listening to foreigners. They were listening to the Trump people. They were listening to the Trump people. There were historic numbers of unmaskings. And there was a big controversy after the election about who in the Obama administration had authorized all these unmaskings. Do, do you remember that? Some of you may have forgotten that. Again, I don't remember who breaks the story, but it comes out first that Susan Rice did it. And every all of the leftists were like, that's a conspiracy theory. And then it comes out that Susan Rice did it after she lied about it, Joe. Remember, she's like, oh, I didn't know anything about these unmaskings. Dang, if I know. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> she knew. Oh, she knew. But the story gets... So why... Folks, listen, why deny it? Why would you deny knowing there's a paper trail? This is why I told you I think a lot of people at the three-letter agencies are going to go down for this. There's a paper trail. Somebody had to authorize all this. Susan Rice knew at some point she was going to get caught. So why deny it? I think she was hoping Trump would be impeached first and it would go away. Mm -hmm. Why deny it if you did nothing wrong? Why? If you did nothing wrong and the unmaskings were perfectly legitimate, legal, they were legal. I don't think they should be, but they were. 
but I don't believe they were legitimate. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah. They were legal, but they were not legitimate. They were not being done to listen to foreigners. They were clearly being done to tap into the Trump team's calls. So she lies about it. Why lie about it, folks? Because she's covering up for the Obama administration's massive eavesdropping operation on the Trump team to leak negative information to the press to get them uh, in, an, in a, disadvantage, a disadvantageous election position so that Hillary would win and they could sweep away all their corruption. This is, it is this simple. Also, showing you that that happened, and I know it happened, and it happened in a corrupt manner. Samantha Power, the U.N. ambassador, United States ambassador, excuse me, the United States ambassador to the U.N. Joe, what happens to Samantha Power? Her name shows up on these unmasking requests. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, what? Time out. uh, Samantha Power, excuse me, says, I didn't authorize all that. Right. Well, who did, folks? I'm not arguing the legality. Although it sucks that this happens and it shouldn't be legal. I'm arguing the legitimacy. If it was legitimate for the Obama administration to be listening in on the calls of U.S. citizens and Trump team members, we know that happened. Why? They have a transcript of Mike Flynn's call. How else do you think they got that? Osmosis? If it was legitimate, why did Susan Rice lie about it? And why did Samantha Power deny it? I had nothing to do with that. Why are you asking media people? Are you asking even basic questions? But plan A, unmaskings and taps into the database. Usage of the NSA database falls apart, I believe, strongly because of Mike Rogers. And it falls apart, folks, because despite all their efforts to listen in on the Trump team, Despite all their efforts to tap into their emails and texts, they've got nothing. A big, fat, juicy zero. That's right, Joseph. Zero. They've got nothing. So now they're in trouble. So they have to move to the second part of the plan, which is, well, if we don't have anything, Joe, let's just make it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's just make it up all right i'm gonna get to that yeah. in a second if you have to pay for the show here so today's show also brought to you by buddies at brick house nutrition my favorite nutrition products on the market joe can you attest that little joe loves foundation little joe Where does I, love it. he's not so he's not little. <laughs> and, no he's not little joe anymore i met him you know five years ago when he was little joe that's joe's son mm-hmm. and i bring up his name because joe was a skinny mini he was yeah he was one of those teenagers. You know those teenagers that are like super ripped because they don't—they were always running around. And Joe mm-hmm. was an active kid, but seriously, they don't have an ounce of muscle yeah. on them, but they're super ripped. <laughs> that was Joe started lifting. The kid's a monster now. He <laughs> looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah. He loves this foundation. So I don't bring Joe's kids into this. I just—I'm telling you because I find the story. For my nephews, the same way. Yeah. Foundation is a great product. Yeah. It is a creatine ATP blend, folks. It does two things. Two things that matter. It's a two for one. It'll help you look better and perform better. I'm not kidding. It is that spectacular. I've been on this product now for five years. I adore it. It is so terrific. When I first started taking it, I, I, I inadvertently took the mirror test. I didn't call it the mirror test back then, but I looked in the mirror and I was like, all right, let's try this stuff out. And then seven days later, I took a gander back and I was like, damn, that stuff is the real deal. <laughs> yeah. It is the real McCoy. 
go give it a shot. You will look better. You will perform better. The stuff is fantastic. It is, they have taken creatine to the next level. You are going to be rock solid on this stuff. Rock solid. Take the mirror test if you don't believe me. Just give it about seven days to work. Eh, maybe even five. It's that good. My wife takes it too, by the way. It's awesome. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And pick up your bottle of foundation today. Trust me on this. You will not regret it. Okay. So moving on, folks, when, when that collapses, when the ability to spy on the Trump team with weaponized government, to hide their own malfeasance and make sure, make sure that Trump doesn't get elected, when that ultimately blows up in their face because of two things. The listening in on the phone calls goes nowhere. How do we know that? Because they had to nail Mike Flynn on a nonsense false statements charge. If Mike Flynn was talking to the Russians to overthrow an election, Mike Flynn would have been guilty of treason. Yeah. <laughs> but what was he, what was he, air quotes, guilty of? Because the FBI didn't even think he was guilty. False statements when the FBI themselves said there was no evidence of deception. This, this case is such crap. So that falls apart because the listening in on the calls doesn't produce anything. And the use of the NSA database to gather emails and texts, they get busted. We know they got busted. That's in paper, federal court paperwork. It's not a mystery. So now they have to fabricate the case. And who better to fabricate the case than a fabricator? They already have a guy who has experience. Remember, why do they need a Russian narrative? Think about this. Joe, I'm going to put this out. Folks, I want you to seriously take a second to think about this because mm -hmm. sometimes you can you can avoid an assertion. You can never avoid a question. This will probe some areas of your mind. You'll never forget it. All right. Why is the Obama administration so intent on fabricating or inventing a fake Trump-Russia narrative and not a Trump-China narrative? Why? Think about yesterday's show. What are Democrats really, really good at, Joe? Democrats are super skilled at accusing their political opponents of what they're doing every single time. Mm. And whatever oh, yeah. they do, they accuse you and you wind up, you know, what's the best defense, right? The best defense, a good offense. I, I boxed forever. When you're knocking the crap out of the other guy, you know, that he's always thinking about is covering up. That's all he's thinking about. He's not thinking about anything else when you're knocking his block off. Hitting him with a rib shot, coming across with a left hook, uppercut, right, over the top, right, Chuck Liddell style. Believe me, he ain't thinking about anything else. The Democrats are experts at this because they have the media in their pockets. So they'll create what I, you know, what, no, what, I, what everybody calls a counter narrative. So the Democrats understood that they needed a counter narrative to battle back a narrative that could be used against them. What was the narrative that could be used against them? That the Russians mm -hmm. had influenced the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. Why do we know that? Because they had an informant in the Uranium One deal that said it. So what better way to escape corruption charges? Oh my gosh, the Obama administration was being influenced by the Russians and they were working on Hillary Clinton and Bill and an informant by the FBI actually said this? I got an idea. Let's accuse Trump of colluding with Russia. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, all right! Yeah. Right? That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. So they needed a fabricated Aesop's fable. They needed a chronicle of Narnia. They need because they didn't. Why did they need it? 
because they'd already been listening to the Trump team and had nothing, nothing, zero. They're reading emails. They're locked in and they've got nothing. They need to make it up. They're desperate. So in comes the fabricators. They hire Fusion GPS, which, as I've told you many times, in that late 2000s piece from 2007, Glenn Simpson had already had pieces up at the Wall Street Journal. He wrote with his wife. I've talked about this piece many times where there was already the Russian collusion narrative in a 2007. I'm not saying that wrong. It's not 2017. He had written this piece in 2007. He's now working for Fusion GPS. So Hillary Clinton plays a law, pays a law firm, Perkins Coie, to hide the money. She pays a law firm to pay Fusion GPS because she doesn't want anybody, anybody touching this Fusion GPS company. Why? Because just like Susan Rice denying involvement in the unmasking, Samantha Power running from it saying, I didn't do that. Hillary Clinton needs to produce a story. That Trump colluded with the Russians, that's fake, but she doesn't want her fingerprints on it. So she pays a law firm, Perkins Coie, staffed with Obama people, to do what? To go and pay Fusion GPS. Mm -hmm. To go invent the Trump-Russia story. The Trump-Russia story was already there. And Hillary Clinton's team knew it. In 2007, Glenn Simpson, who was the one, uh, the, the person in charge of the fabricated, what we call the dossier, which is the fake story, the invented movie script they needed that Trump colluded with the Russians. The players and the script was already there in 2007. What's the headline? I'll read it again for you because it's so important. You can look this article up yourself, um, but it's critical you do. Here. April 17, 2007. Glenn Simpson and Mary Jacoby. How lobbyists help ex-Soviets woo Washington. Folks, this is the dossier. The dossier was already written. They just scrubbed out some of the names and put Trump in there. I mean, I, I can't read. The story's really long. But you, let me read to you some of the names that appear. This is a 2007 piece, folks. 2007. Some of the names that appear in this piece. Paul Manafort, a former advisor to Mr. Dole's presidential campaign, has advised the Ukrainian medals billionaire and his close political ally, Ukrainian Prime Minister Viktor Yanukovych. It goes on about Manafort and his involvement with the Ukrainians. The same kind of stuff that was already in the dossier. It talks about Soviet clients influencing the U.S. operation, trying to burrow their way into U.S. politics. Read this story. You're going to be like, my gosh, that sounds an awfully lot. Like the dossier <laughs> because it was the Russian influence the uh, narrative that they needed against Trump was already written out in the dossier. So plan A doesn't work. Gather information illegitimately through unmasking and that stuff. But we'll at least we'll have that. We'll have the Trump team nailed to the wall. It doesn't work because they don't have anything. They run from that and they move on to just making the whole damn thing up. And of course, Plan C, just to tie it together, is what we covered yesterday. Plan C is a mop-up operation because there's this major, major surprise, Joe, in November. The surprise in November is Donald Trump wins. Donald Trump wins and panic sets in. Absolute panic. Because they realize all of this is about to be uncovered because Donald Trump is going to be the president and can, is the ultimate declassifier. He's going to have access to this information. 
So they start a false narrative through the media using reporters at the Washington Post and elsewhere to leak to the media that people like Mike Flynn and other Trump administration officials are intimately involved with Russians and all these cryptic deals. The stories are nonsense. And the media does their part because they're Pravda. And all of a sudden, Jim Comey's fired for for what I think any reasonable observer would call gross malfeasance in office. Trump was perfectly entitled to fire Comey. And that's the spark, Joe, that lights the fire for a special counsel. But don't think for a second Rosenstein didn't have the name Bob Mueller in there already because Bob Mueller was the FBI director when a lot of this nonsense with this Russian influence operation in the United States was already happening. Read the names in that Wall Street Journal piece. Deripaska, Manafort, Demetrio Furtash. There's some of the same names that creep up later. The story had already been written. They just went out and bought it. They bought the rights to a movie script. And Mueller was brought in yesterday, uh, was brought in, excuse me, as I described yesterday, to clean this whole thing up for one reason and one reason only. And let me go back to the beginning and I'll move on. Mueller was brought in in a race against time to write a report, as Andy McCarthy points out in National Review, against the Trump team. He was not brought in to, he knows he can't indict Donald Trump. He was brought in to write a report, a report so damaging politically to the Trump team. Dershowitz is right. Everybody was mad at Alan Dershowitz uh, for saying, oh, well, you know, this this political report, uh, excuse me, uh, this prosecutorial report Mueller's going to put out is going to be really damaging to Trump. Dershowitz is right. It's not going to be damaging to Trump, though. This is what people are missing, Joe, because Trump's team did anything wrong. It's going to be damaging to Trump because that's what Mueller's here to do. Joe, are you tracking? He's here to write a report that looks really bad for Donald Trump. Yeah. He's not here to charge, but he is in a race against time. And in order to write that report, this is this is critical. Mm hmm. In order to write a politically damaging report, he needs politically damaging information, not evidence of crimes. So what does he do, Joe? He starts charging everybody he can in the Trump orbit with mattress tag ripping off, Mm -hmm. lying to the FBI, lying to Congress, which is done. I'm not justifying any of this. I'm just saying it's done repeatedly, but it's being used right now against Trump team people selectively to get them to provide what, Joe? Information Mueller can put in his report that's politically damaging in a race against time to get Trump out of here. Folks, if the report had what it needed and there was evidence of really damaging Trump information legally, Believe me when I tell you, Mueller's investigation would already be wrapped up and they'd be trying to impeach Trump. The reason this thing continues to go on, Joe, is because Mueller, and this is why I called, what, almost a year ago for Mueller to be fired. He is not investigating a crime. He's investigating Donald Trump forever. They'll investigate women he 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 had relationships with. They'll investigate his his butler. Uh, they'll investigate his his cab driver, anyone who can provide information they can put in a politically damaging report that can be used later to do what? To impeach him. They just don't have it yet. That's why there's this race against time I was talking about in yesterday's show and the beginning of today's show. But the Treehouse guys are right. Without the help of John Huber, 
the United States attorney who has the ability to actually charge people. All you can do, I, I, I missed this at the beginning of the show. I got lost somewhere. I'm sorry. All you can do as a federal agent is suggest charges. The charging documents are written up by an attorney for the government, period. If Huber doesn't do that and get these people locked up soon or prosecuted or investigated soon that were involved in this massive Russian influence operation with some of the same players in the Mueller probe involved, Folks, then we're in a lot of trouble. That's the race against time I'm describing. I can't say this enough. Horowitz and the good guys have to expose this operation, this Russian influence operation, this international money laundering, and the people in the Obama administration involved before, before the Mueller team gets so many Trump people who've touched his orbit for mattress tag ripping off that he produces a report which is so damaging it leads to impeachment. That's the race going on right now. That is absolutely what's going on right now. That's why the um, the Hannity show and the report, which again, I, I, I it's fine. Let them do it when they have the time. That's why the show is important. Because there are people getting ready to speak out. It wasn't me. I wasn't scheduled for Hannity. I'm scheduled to be on tonight. That wasn't me. I wasn't on last night. There are people getting ready to speak out who have this information. You need to hear it who have the information about what happened with the Clinton Foundation. This is important. Okay. Does that sum it up yeah, for you? Yeah, it's a good way to wind it up, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's, it's, I want you yesterday's show, if you didn't listen, mm -hmm. please, if you don't mind, with all, with, with very respectfully, I ask you to listen to yesterday's show first because you'll understand why this race is happening and how damaging what I said yesterday is. It's real stuff. Okay, moving on. I got a couple other things to cover today. So uh, listen, uh, <laughs> it's the holidays. Buying gifts is tough, you know? You got to find thoughtful stuff, special gifts, practical gifts. I, you know, guys, we don't need another wallet or another tie, you know, and, uh, you know, some, some, some socks or whatever. You know, who needs that? Tie clip? We don't need that. Go to Harry's. Harry's. They make long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price. Joe uses Harry's. Yeah. Harry's has a 4.5 at a five-star rating on Trustpilot. They have German-engineered blades. Their razors are amazing. I have one. They were nice enough to send one over. It is incredible. It's uh, <laughs> you, you feel that? You know that like the barbershop shave? Hmm. That's what it feels like when you're done. They have German-engineered blades for as low as $2 each. It's a practical gift. He'll actually use They'll save him money on blade refills. You can personalize it to make him feel special, your razor. Choose a color or the razor that's right for him. Now with limited edition holiday handles, who can beat that? You can also engrave them. There's a personal engraving option. They come in a really handsome gift box. I got a very nice email about Harry's. You know who you are. Uh, thank you. He sent it to me. He was very impressed. The packaging is beautiful. Gift sets start at just $10, and there's a 100% quality guarantee. If he doesn't love it, returns are quick and hassle-free. You will never, never get a closer shave for the price. As a special offer for fans of this show, we partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets. When you go to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com slash Bongino, harrys.com slash Bongino, harrys.com slash Bongino. Plus, you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. 
Each Harry shaving kit comes with an ergonomic weighted handle with an option to engrave German engineered five blade cartridges that provide the closest shave you're ever going to see comfortable to foaming shave gel for a rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades and a handsome holiday gift box. Or if you just want something for yourself, redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shave before committing folks, please check them out. Go to get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th. So act now. Go to harrys.com slash Bongino to get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash Bongino. We love Harry's. Um, okay. A couple other things. So, um, you know, the, the liberal media has to politicize everything. It's gross. It's disgusting. Um, but that's who they are. Uh, they are constantly about, as I've said to you repeatedly, the narrative. They're not about the facts. They don't practice journalism. Um, I was uh, actually talking to a guy the other day in the gym, and he was offended at this, too. He's a friend of mine who has some experience in this. He's like, whatever happened to journalism? I'm like, it's dead. The media right now is about telling stories. They're not about dictating to you what the facts are for you to put together the facts in a way that makes sense to you. So the death of George H.W. Bush is brought up some nostalgic feelings in conservative media about the Reagan, uh, the Reagan Bush, the 12 year run, basically in the Reagan Bush era, where we had this incredible economic growth and we had these tax cuts. So the media has taken this as an opportunity because Joe, they understand what they're doing. You have to, these guys are so devious. They don't want people reminiscing about the halcyon days of the Reagan years because they were mm-hmm. great. Economic growth was tremendous. The numbers are, are indisputable. 84, 85, and 86, we had 6, 5, and 4% growth annually, not by the quarter. I'm talking about annual growth rates of 6%. The economy is is buzzing now at 3%. We were double that in, the, in, uh, in 84, in 1984 under the Reagan years after some of the tax cuts had kicked in. We were double that. The media, do you understand, Joseph? They can't have that. (laughs) They don't want people looking back on, oh, well, those days were really great. Well, what happened? Oh, the Reagan tax cuts. And Reagan's obviously associated with Bush. He was his vice president. They don't want any of that. So there's, if you follow Twitter and you follow these left-wing accounts like I do, again, I'd love to tell you who they are, but I can't because they'll block me. I follow some left-wingers and I read that you can probably figure it out if you're on my Twitter feed. And I see what the narrative du jour is going to be. And the narrative now is going to be over the next few days while the services are going on for HW, the narrative is going to be how badly the Bush tax cut, the Reagan tax cuts failed and how Bush did the right thing by saying no new taxes, but then agreeing to yeah. a tax hike. That is going to be the narrative. That Bush was a hero. You're seeing it now. It's folks. It's gross that we, this stuff has to be politicized. It's gross. Let the man rest in peace for a couple days, please. Let's get the services over. But it doesn't happen. The lefties got to do this all the time. The narrative out there now is that George H.W. was a hero because he rebuked the Reagan tax cuts. And they attacked the Reagan tax cuts, including someone on Twitter this morning who was trying to make it out that the Reagan tax cuts cost the government money. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this. If you're a regular listener to the show, I know Joe is. uh, Let me just visualize for you, Joe. Joe is now hanging his head in shame that we have to talk about this again because he's like, liberals, can they be this dumb? Like, you can just look this stuff up yourself, but they refuse to do it. Ronald Reagan cut taxes, ladies and gentlemen, over the course of his eight-year presidency from 70% at the top rate to 28%. That is a, an, an enormous reduction in income taxes. That income tax cut led to a massive influx of revenue into the government. Government revenue doubled from the start of his, pre- almost doubled to be precise, from about $500 billion to $909 billion when he left. Cut taxes, revenue went up. 
Cut taxes, revenue went up. That's not in dispute. That no same, it, it, by the way, even inflation adjusted, they still went up dramatically. Liberals listening to the show, process what I'm telling you. I know facts are hard, but stop rewriting history. Reagan cut taxes, the economy exploded, and the government budget, the available money, the government almost doubled. Now, so the uh, the uh, the liberals I follow, one of them today on Twitter is like, well, Reagan raised a couple taxes too. Fair enough. In conjunction with the Democrats in the Congress, there was an insistence on hiking some taxes too to make all the rates commensurate with each other. So the capital gains tax was hiked. To 28%. So liberals who don't know what they're talking about want to lie to you folks will tell you. You'll get this from your liberal friends. First, watch, watch, set them up. Set them up. This joke, ground ball. I'm going to give you guys and ladies out there a bunt right now. This is a bunt. Tell your liberal friends. Reagan cut taxes, 70 to 28%, but tax revenue went up. I thought you just told us the tax cuts caused the deficit. How did that happen if revenue went up? <gasps> no, no. Here's what they're going to come back with. Here's the bunt. They're guaranteed they're going to come back with. Well, Reagan raised taxes too, and that's where the increased tax revenue came from. Oh, did it really? Because when Reagan raised the capital gains tax to 28% to correspond with the, the hot top income tax rate, which was just cut to 28%, we lost capital gains tax revenue. We didn't gain it. So how exactly did a tax hike, which is legitimate, yes, they did tax the, the hike the capital gains tax to 28%. How did that lead to the income tax, uh, to the tax revenue boost if it cost, if, if it, quote, cost the government money? Listen to me. The, this is the, the, the exact opposite narrative the liberals want. The liberal narrative, what they want to tell you, to be crystal clear. So you understand and are prepared for this dogfight over the next few days about the Reagan legacy that's going to happen because liberals have to politicize everything. It's gross. They're going to say, yes, tax revenue went up because Reagan hiked the capital gains tax. You're going to come back and say, actually, that's inaccurate. The capital gains tax revenue to the government went down when they hiked the capital gains tax and the cap and, and the revenue to the government, overall tax revenue to the government went up dramatically after they cut the income tax rate from 70 to 28%. So you're just making it up. They're just making it up. I've had to cover this over and over because liberals are simply idiotic sometimes. They are either really dumb or they're really manipulative and manipulative and they're lying to you. That is not what happened. Okay, a couple more quick stories. I want to motor through these because they're important. There's a couple things going on behind the scenes. I have a great article from the Washington Examiner by a guy named Ellis. Uh, I want you to read today, if you get a second. It's not complicated to understand. But Joe, there may be, speaking of tax cuts, nice segue, right? There may be another tax cut on the horizon that President Trump doesn't need the Congress for. And it may be a big one. This is nice. The capital gains tax works on a non-inflation adjusted cost basis. So read the piece for a pretty thorough but but easily understandable explanation because I'm going to just have to sum it up in a minute or two. But Joe, you pay capital gains taxes and they use the example of say you bought a stock in Coca-Cola for a dollar back yeah. in the mm-hmm. 70s, Joe. And the stock is worth, I don't know what it's worth. We're just using even numbers here, folks. Make sure, say it's worth $10 right. now. Your capital gain is $9. You bought it for one, Correct. it's worth 10 
Donald Trump, with a simple edict from the White House, though, and the tre- and Treasury, can change that to make sure that the initial cost basis you purchase that stock for is adjusted for inflation. Think about this. So now, Joe, you paid in the seventies what a dollar for that Coca Cola yes, stock, but that's not really what you paid in today's money. You paid about six dollars because a dollar's not worth what it was. Inflation's yeah. kicked in. So if you get to declare on your taxes that you paid six dollars when you in fact paid one in the seventies, now you're only declaring what? You're only declaring four dollars mm-hmm. of a gain rather than nine dollars. Gene, brilliant. Brilliant. Anything we can do to stop giving more money to this government is a great thing. Anything. This is the greatest idea ever. It would spur intense, intense reinvestment in our capital markets. This is a great idea. All I can think of, do it, do it, just do it. Like, do it, (laughs) do it. Just do it like Bo Jackson and those Nike ads. Just do it. The liberals, of course, are going to lose their minds. What do you mean? Stock market people are getting rich. Yeah. Keep in mind, liberals, you know, they're generally pretty dopey, right? What they don't understand is a lot of your union pension funds are invested in the stock market. You guys would make out like bandits on this. And Joe, as the piece points out, although, and I want to be fair, although there are significant exemptions to the capital gains tax for real estate now, it's not a full, complete exemption. In other words, if you sell your house and move into another house, this capital gains rates mm-hmm. that don't apply. But that's not for everyone. Folks, if you're a middle-class homeowner who has six, $700,000 in equity in your house because you bought it in the 70s for thirty grand, you may be able to do very well on this, on your tax mm. bill. This is a BFD, as Joe Biden would say. A big deal. Do it, man. Do it. Don't give these people a dime, a dime, not a dime more. And I love Trump because the left left will say, oh, this benefits the rich people because they'll just make it up because they're, you know, they're really dopey. And Trump will just come back and be like, yeah, you know, rich people are good for the economy. They create jobs. Thanks. Have a nice day. And dunk right on them on Twitter. Dunk on them. Dunk on them. John Stark style. Some of you will get that. Not Tony Stark from Marvel. So some of you old Nick fans. Okay, I used to be a Nick fan. All right, Joe, do you have that? Uh, Ready audio? to go, sir. I want to. I want to scare you a little bit on the way out. Sorry, I never. I don't like to leave the show on a on a low note. But this is uh, this is fascinating. This is a, a group of international bureaucrats over in Europe talking about the next stage of where their evolution for their hate speech agenda, what they intend to classify as hate speech. Listen to this nonsense. One basic element of this new agreement is the extension of the definition of hate speech. The agreement want to criminalize migration speech. Criticism of migration will become a criminal offense. And media outlets, and that also concerns you, that give room to criticism of migration can be shut down. <laughs> Folks, I can't. I mean, we live in in, or- in an Orwellian society Whoa. right now. That's a, that's real. Joe didn't make that up. He sent that to me this morning. I said, yes, with an exclamation point. We need to use this. That actually happened. There is a serious proposal out there by these technocrats 
these 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 bureaucrats and bow ties to criminalize speech on migration. In other words, if you speak out about the real and profound, very fact and data based effects of uncontrolled immigration into the United States against our immigration laws. Now, granted, this is a European proposal, to be fair. But remember, this stuff always filters over here. Eventually, they want to yep. criminalize that. Now, combine that with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, who gave a preposterous speech while getting an award from the Anti-Defamation League, saying that they were going to recategorize hate speech now on Apple and that nobody's welcome there. It's interesting how the bureaucrats and the corporate technocrats all want to redefine hate speech. You know what hate speech is going to be, folks? You know darn well where I'm going with this. It's going to be conservative speech. This deplatforming stuff is getting very real and it's getting very scary. And the police state streak of the modern Democrat and liberal is starting to show. Now they just don't want to deplatform you. They want to toss you in jail too. All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> hey, by the way, one quick note. Thank you to everyone who supported the store. Uh, my wife and I, um, our store available at the website, all of our proceeds go to charity, all of it. Um, outside of the logistics and the shipping that another company takes care of everything we earn from that we have donated to to charity and i just wanted to tell you quickly what it was uh due to your generosity and the purchase of dan bongino show mugs and hats and t-shirts and sweaters you have provided a multi-year scholarship uh i don't want to get choked up on this because it means a lot but to a family in need and growing up um to a very very good school multi-year Growing up, uh, a local Catholic school was very generous to my parents who didn't have a lot of money, and my education changed my life. You did this. You. You went out, you bought a couple t-shirts, whatever you did, that money, you have changed some family's life. We did it anonymously. We're not really looking. And that's why I'm not telling you what the school is or anything, because I don't want the family to feel in any way. But I'm telling you, you significantly altered someone's life. It is going to be a massive Christmas present to someone. So a big, juicy, heartfelt thank you so much. And by the way, if you still want to buy stuff, it's always open, the store. All of our proceeds are always going to go to charity. Uh, we still haven't cut the check yet because the numbers keep going up. So if you want to buy something, uh, we appreciate it. No pressure, but know that our portion of it all goes to charity. It doesn't benefit me personally at all. But it does benefit me and you spiritually. So I mean, it means the world to me. Thank you so much. You all are the best audience on the planet. Thank you. I'll see you on tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.